Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is People Every Day. Coming up, Melania Trump has no interest in returning to the White House. And more from a close source about her stressful time as First Lady. Plus, Jennifer Lawrence and Alicia Vikander join the new Moms Club. And People sits down with Jessica Alba about how she turned her honest company into a billion-dollar business. It's September 9th. Hi, folks. Tis I, Janine Rubenstein, and this is People Every Day. It is Thursday, and I am in full-on mom mode, you guys. I sent my son Reese off for his first day of first grade here in California, and I think I was more nervous than he was. Shout out to all the kids who have and are still heading back to school safely in this new world we live in, and to the moms packing those lunches at night and getting teary-eyed, remembering when all they needed was some milk and some kisses. I see you, Queens. <laughs> All right, out of my feelings and on to a superstar mom to be. People has confirmed that Jennifer Lawrence is expecting. The 31 year old Oscar winner and her husband, 37 year old art gallery director Cook Maroney, will be parents soon. This just a couple years after the couple tied the knot in Rhode Island back in 2019. So, congrats to them. I can't believe Katniss is going to be a mom. And on the topic of baby news, another Oscar winner, Alicia Vikander, tells People exclusively that she has. As mom status. The 32-year-old and husband Michael Fassbender, who's 44, quietly welcomed their first child earlier this year. And she says in this week's issue, I now have a whole new understanding of life in general. Yeah, babies will do that to you, man. And so much good stuff in this week's issue. I have to tell you guys, for the cover, we sat down with Jessica Alba to discuss her incredible journey from Hollywood to heading up her billion-dollar honest company, of which I am a fan, I have to say. My baby has a cute little honest diaper on right now. <laughs> but Alba talked to us about what it took to get there and how she had to overcome a lot of naysayers when it came to her business pursuits. Take a listen. It wasn't like people were like, oh my gosh, you're so smart and you're so capable and you're so this and you're so that and we're just gonna like make it happen for you. It was like, everyone was like, why are you here? And why do you think you deserve this? And why not literally anyone else other than you? So... I don't know, I kind of, I think the the resistance, it fired me up and it gave me like energy to, probably to prove them wrong, but maybe most importantly, to prove to myself that I could do it. 
I love that. Use the haters as fuel, man. All right, time to dig in now and turn to some major political headlines that have popped up and deserve some breaking down. First up, former First Lady Melania Trump is back in the news following reports that she was relieved to leave Washington, D.C. at the end of her husband Donald Trump's presidency and, quote, isn't interested in going back. So People Politics editor Adam Carlson is here to discuss this story and some other ones that are in and around Washington. Adam, just like one, why is this coming up right now? Yeah. So, you know, Melania Trump is someone who is a perpetual object of fascination because she's so private. I think she invites so many questions because she gives so few answers. And her husband is the complete opposite, right? He often shares what's on his mind. And there's been more and more chatter in recent weeks that he is going to run again in 2024, that he wants to get back into politics. Um, And the inevitable question arose What does she make of all of this? At this point, she's keeping a very low profile. um, And what does that look like? Do we know, you know, what life is like for her right now? Yeah, so she keeps an incredibly small social circle. And this is in contrast to her life before the White House, when she was very much more a kind of socialite around town in New York and in Florida. But since politics, she really withdrew. And that's still the case. But um, the biggest example that comes to mind for me is that she has only been photographed publicly once since they left D.C. Wow. In January, she was photographed in New York going, uh, you know, running some errands. And other than that, there have been some random social media snapshots of her around Mar-a-Lago. But this is a woman who, um, given her fame, even before her husband was elected, I mean, she was photographed, she was quoted, she was at events. All the time. Oh, my goodness. All the time. I mean, you know this better than me, you know? And and then now, especially in our business, you kind of measure it in terms of appearances. She's photographed once since January. That's eight months ago. Wow. Okay, so as we mentioned before, a political source told people that Melania was relieved when her husband's term ended. So I'm just curious, if Trump did run again in 2024, what do you think? What do you think she would do? This is the big question, right? Like, what would Melania do if she if she had a kind of make or break decision there? We get a lot of sense from the people around her that she would have to make a big decision at that point because she's let it be known that she's not interested in politics. She would not be interested in going back on the campaign trail. She -hmm. certainly was not a big part of the campaign trail in 2016 or 2020, and that wouldn't change. And so this is the big question we're putting to everyone. Like if he said to her, okay, I'm going back in 2024, you have to figure out what you're going to do. She would have to make her decision, but certainly she would not be inclined to pack up her bags and, and get on the campaign plane. Um, you know, and certainly we have some sense that she would just say no thank you, you know, and, and completely keep herself removed and, and stay behind the scenes. I mean, this is all delving into the waters of like how their relationship is and, mm-hmm. and what that would look like. Not that we have any intel on that just yet, but I mean, that decision, uh, I'm sure that, <laughs> that would play into it. But uh, switching gears to another story coming out of politics, Senator Amy Klobuchar revealed today that she was diagnosed with stage 1A breast cancer earlier this year. She wrote in a Medium post about her diagnosis and treatment So what's the latest news here? Yeah, so I actually spoke with the senator um, just this morning right after she made that statement, and she is in good spirits. She underwent a procedure after her diagnosis in February, and then she had radiation. And she said that right now doctors say she's back to having a normal chance of of cancer in the future, but she feels good. She told me that she... um, you know, went through a pretty draining treatment for several months, but by the summer had started to feel more like herself. And and her focus now is, she said she feels 
like it has some public health value that she can be an example for other people to remind them, like, you know, take care of yourself. Next up, People's Adam Carlson and I dig into the surprising story behind the baby turned woman at the center of the landmark abortion case Roe v. Wade. Stick around. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm back now with Adam Carlson discussing all things politics. And Adam, let's get into the next headline, which is kind of a doozy. Shelley Lynn Thornton. The name might not sound too familiar since this is the first time she's speaking out. This is the daughter of Norma McCorvey, who was Jane Doe in the Roe v. Wade case. She's opening up about her mother, who ended up placing her for adoption, and her views on abortion. So, so Adam, let's go back to the beginning. Take us back there all the way to the 70s when the Roe v. Wade case made national news. Norma McCorvey was a pregnant waitress in Dallas who challenged Texas's laws against abortion under the name Jane Roe. She won the case, but it took years, which meant she had her baby. And this leads us to today's headline. So what happened to that baby, Adam? Yeah, so she places uh, she places her baby, her third child, her third daughter, uh, for adoption. And then uh, little Shelly Lynn goes on to have an entire life living first in Texas and then moving all around. And for decades, no one knew who she was. And, and the, the profile about her out um, this week in the Atlantic details how some people tried to find out who she was. Um, for years, she didn't even realize her own connection to the case. Her adoptive parents didn't either. Mm. And it traces her processing this reality and then her coming to grips with it. And then also her coming to grips with the person and mother that she is, right? She has kids of her own now. Um, and so basically what you see in this story, which is so fascinating, is like, not only did, did Norma put up her daughter for adoption, but that she didn't stop there, right? The baby became a whole woman with a whole life and views of her own. And you kind of see how she grew up and and uh, went on to make peace in a way with Norma herself. Yeah. So so being placed for adoption has had an effect on her. In an article in, in The Atlantic, she says, um, when someone's pregnant with a baby and they don't want that baby, that person develops knowing they're not wanted. So obviously, She's speaking from her own experience, but what did she talk about Norma, like her birth mother? Did they ever connect at all? Yeah, so they connected a little bit um, starting, uh, you know, around the 80s and then later into the 90s. And there's two things I think happening here. One is Shelly is realizing as she gets older that she has this kind of underlying trauma. She has anxiety, she has depression. And in her words, she believes it traces back to when she was in the womb, right? This kind of larger metaphysical mm. sense that her mom, her birth mother not wanting her, 
shattered her life. And then she's also trying to figure out what to make of, of her birth mother, Norma, and what kind of relationship they might have. The Atlantic piece is so interesting also in reminding us that Norma is herself a really particular kind of person. Her case mm-hmm. has become a much larger debate, right? Very divisive, but at the center of it is a very distinctive, very strange, sometimes very difficult woman, but a woman nonetheless who was still wanted to have a relationship with her adoptive children, or the, the children she gave up for adoption, and still figured into these women's lives. So, you know, it all leads into this 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 phone call, right? Um, this phone call in the 90s, where they speak, and uh, Norma basically tells Shelly, like, you should be grateful because I didn't, um, I didn't abort you. And Shelly's reaction to that is, as you can imagine, I mean, as she said in the Atlantic, wow. like, you wanted me to be grateful that you didn't um, abort me. And for me, what's so striking is that it puts uh, political debate into personal terms, because that's the thing I think that that wraps all of this up that's too easy to forget, is this is about real people's lives and real people's choices. Yeah. And so, so Shelly talked about what it was like for her when people like you bring up now are, are on opposing sides of the abortion debate and have tried to kind of use her to advance their agendas. So, I mean, uh, did she talk about where she lies on this? Yeah. And where she lies, I think, is very nuanced. And that's, I think, the case for a lot of people when it comes to abortion. She, in describing what to do with her first pregnancy, she was young. She wasn't ready to be a mother, she felt. And there was some suggestion that she might get an abortion at the time, but she felt like that wasn't a part of her life. But she didn't feel drawn to the pro-life movement as a movement. You know, she wasn't someone who felt deeply religious. She wasn't someone who was drawn to extremes. And she felt like the law should not be kind of tainted, in her view, by religion or by these kind of group opinions, right? And so she comes down mm, in this mm-hmm. kind of more ambivalent place of abortion is not, you know, a part of of her life and her choices, but she wasn't someone who was drawn to the 180 degree, you know, the complete opposite side. Wow. And now that she's speaking out, this is something that she is, you know, saying that she chose to do, right? But like, oh, I can't imagine the pressure, especially in the political climate that we're in now, especially considering everything that's going on in Texas surrounding abortion. Like, ugh. Yeah, and I think that there's a kind of bravery in that because she knows, even though she's given this long, very careful profile telling her story, that she's still going to get reduced. She's still going to be used as a symbol by various groups. But where she comes down in the end is this is a story about parents and children, about motherhood, about being wanted, about the way to raise a family, raise a child, about what's best for them. And um, it's not just about a debate over morality and abortion, because really, in her view, abortion is just a way to misstate the importance of, of parenting and parenthood and motherhood and what she learned from her adoptive mother, what she wanted from her birth mother, and the kind of mother she can become. That was People's Adam Carlson discussing Melania Trump, Senator Amy Globuchar, and Shelley Lynn Thornton. For more on those stories, head over to People.com. And now, something to make you smile. We should all know Ted Lasso by now, Jason Sudeikis' hit character and beloved TV soccer coach. Well, believe it or not, that character is inspired by his actual high school basketball coach, Donnie Campbell. And there's no lack of similarities from his hair to his mannerisms. Here's how the real life Ted Lasso described one of his go-to metaphors to Good Morning America. One thing as a coach, you'd use a sandwich principle. You know, you say something positive, 
and then you do some constructive criticism, and then you end with something positive. And he gave props to the show as well and revealed that Ted Lassoism that he's actually known for saying, listen. Taking on a challenge is a lot like riding a horse, and if you're comfortable while you're doing it, probably doing it wrong. So I'm sure I probably got that from my dad, but I did say that one. I love this. Shout out to all the real life teachers and coaches out there. Clearly, you're having an impact. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. <laughs> 